0: Well, hello, hello, and thank you for joining another broadcast of Obstruction to Justice. I'm Ann Moles, and today we're just going to be talking about general information about relevant topics of the day. Uh, we'll discuss and highlight political issues, maybe, huh? Economics co- about the community, our surrounding community, and communities and businesses. But today we're going to talk with a wonderful nonprofit entity, and this is going to be a real treat because it's. Uh, we're going to be joined by and talk with Pastor Rachel Glenn Williams of the historic St. Paul A.M.E. Methodist African Methodist Episcopal Church in Independence, Missouri. Welcome, Pastor Rachel.
1: Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you for joining. Yes, we're just glad that you were able to. I know you're busy. You know, when we're talking about the different seasons and there's there's a special holiday coming up here, uh, the Resurrection Sunday is coming up, and then there's yeah. different celebrations prior to that. So I'm sure, uh, you know, you're pretty busy in what you do. But I want you to share uh, what it is. Look, Pastor, tell us. This is a time where we get a chance to talk about different kinds of businesses. And we've highlighted businesses. Now, church is not really business business. It's God's business, which is huge, right? But to me, the most important business there is. But you know he's in the business to where he paid the price already, and what yeah. we do <laughs> is is manage what he's already done and continue to develop it and continue to to hang in there for the years until he comes right. So we're we're going to talk. You're going to share with us some great history about the St. Paul A.M.E. Church in Independence. Tell us about St. Paul AME. It's,
1: it's a very interesting um, story.
0: Uh, it was
1: founded by Hiram Revel um, and by a group of um, Black people in, in independence who had been AME from other parts of Missouri. And they migrated to independence and they came together and they wanted to start a church. And so at that time, the main seat was closer to closer to um, St. Louis. So they petitioned and one of the founding couples were, um, um, one of the fire founding couples w- included a man whose name was also Hiram. So um, it was Hiram Young. Who, Hiram. Who also, right. So so our first pastor and founding pastor was Hiram Revels. Um, but one of the founding members of the church was Hiram Young. And Hiram Young was really kind of famous and prominent at the time. He, he was a famous horse trainer. He built wagons. Um, and so to have the two Hirams in our history is, is pretty awesome. As a matter of fact, one of the streets that the church now stands at the corner of is named after Hiram Young. Um, Right across the street from the church is the Hiram Young Park, uh, which one of the members of my church helped get the city to rename um, through an organization that they're founding members of, which is the Concerned Citizens, which um, normally before the pandemic, they meet in our church. Um, they've been meeting virtually like just about everybody else during the yes. pandemic. Um, so, and that's just to tie into the history of the AME church being a social justice um, kind of ministry. Um, we we do traditional church stuff. We, we do worship services. We do prayer meetings. We do Bible studies. Um, but we also have always had members of the church from the beginning of the stages of the church who were about social justice and making the world a better place. Um, And we continue that tradition. Some members of our church who are also members of that organization, Community of Concerned Citizens, um, did a voter registration drive. of around election time to make sure that people were registered to vote, uh, we we had members helping people figure out how if they were going to do absentee voting in Missouri, you have to have that notarized. So
0: finding oh. notaries
1: to get that notarized. I mean, now, I, see,
0: I didn't know that. I didn't know that you had to have your absentee ballot notarized if you're going to vote a mail in in the state of missouri Mm -hmm. now let's go back the founding uh, members the founding fathers and uh, members i like to say because if where there's a guy that's man there's probably a woman there too so we don't want to leave the women out but these were pioneering (laughs) yeah (laughs) pioneering people now what what year was this church founded
1: it was founded in 1866 we we have um will be coming up on our what is it 154th um church wow. anniversary this this year so so we've been around for a long time and that
0: is basically huge been
1: in the spot where it is um really? this is not the original building <laughs> um but this building was finished being constructed in the 60s so,
0: okay um
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. but so
1: it, it's been around in independence for a very long
0: time a very long time so we know that um the emancipation uh, proclamation uh was signed in what 1865 mm-hmm. and then um from there so a year later these pioneers you know state the state of missouri was a slave state yeah so yeah so of course kansas wasn't but missouri was so these men they found themselves in the state of missouri and of course the ame church has had a rich history uh, in uh, the social justice movement and you know god allowed them to really play a huge role in speaking up for the african african-american people now that frederick Douglass wasn't he ame as well
1: yes i, I, I believe he. Was. i believe
0: yeah. so yeah. yeah so frederick yeah. Douglass, yeah. which is a pretty popular name if we're knowing anything about mm-hmm. our black history uh was ame and if, if not he was definitely associated with those that yeah. are, were AME, you know, it was the, the biggest church movement in, in that time. So still uh, being, being, um, being, I say, you know, raised the church, raised raising of mm-hmm. the church there in that area was also a pretty big feat, too. Now, there's another huge uh, church organization that, you know, is known in independence. So, you know, for. And, and, you know, even still for that organization to be there and then hear African-Americans get a chance to come or came to that area. Do you know why they chose the Independence Missouri area to settle?
1: I I really don't know. I know um, most of the founding members of our church actually were business owners in Independence. Mm-hmm. Um one of the founding women in our church owned the hotel um, wow i mean now it it started off a little bit smaller than that you know it started off with her just boarding people and cleaning cleaning houses but isn't that um, kind of
0: how it starts though yeah right <laughs> we, um, we we have and, to, don't despise small beginnings but yeah sure so so so
1: so it was really, I think it was them migrating, probably honestly trying to get closer to Kansas. I'm, I'm just being yeah, real. Sure, yeah, sure, being, yeah. Being, being a slave state in Kansas, being a free state. Of uh, course, yeah. Kansas closer to Kansas City, Missouri, which is closer to Kansas. Um, as a matter of fact, at some point, because of racial tension, some of our founding members actually ended up migrating to Kansas Uh, eventually anyway the youngs didn't stay in independence they ended up moving their business um, and they moved to the Kansas side Um, but my gut instinct is is that's what it was it was during the time of the Civil War and Mm -hmm. and slavery trying to get as close to Kansas as you could get
0: Um, sure and that's probably
1: how they ended up here
0: Sure. Yeah. And, and then too, you know, when we look at the history uh, of, of the, you know, even though something is signed, it it does take a while. Even today, it takes a while to legislate it, to, to make it happen. So, you know, for, for the, the raising and the feet of of building and founding uh, a church, it's still, you know, commendable, you know, because, you know, even now, Recent, um, you know, there are all kinds of church destruction, church violence, and, you know, things like that. So I'm sure that it was just as relevant then. Uh, business owners, even there, uh, I'm sure had their issues. So, yeah. you know, very commendable feat of, you know, raising the church during that time. And, you know, it being AME, standing up for the social injustices of. African-Americans. That's, you know, that's a brave thing to do. You know, there's some conversation and I'm not going to jump off the subject. I want to come back to you here, but there is some conversation about uh, what what I've heard and listened to some of the popular radio, actually not so much radio, but podcasters. And they want to talk about uh, how a lot has gone on with the communities, of course, the the issues with the uh, police brutality and aggression towards the African-American communities and everything. And, you know, they just kind of, they talk against it to the point to where it shouldn't happen. Now, definitely we don't want violence or anything, but churches, churches should, you know, and not so much as, have to or should, I know that our main conversation and our main message is the gospel of Jesus Christ, but, you know, even Jesus himself stood for, uh, what was right and Mm -hmm. spiritually, socially too. So, you know, he, uh, did stand for, for what was right and doing it the right way in his way, of course. So, you know, I think that definitely not being out of order is in order to say that the AME Church at that time stood for uh, the rights, uh, civil rights, human rights of, of people in this country. And, you know, even still, uh, I, I know that there are other churches and people that, that do stand up for human rights and, and civil rights as well. And that's very important to, to do, I would say, in these days and times. What attracted me to invite you was the fact that, yeah, you guys have been around for a long time. Now, I've heard of different, uh, different church organizations. They've been around for a while and, you know, hopefully we'll get a chance to invite some others on as well. But the longevity of your, the ministry where you actually pastor, what's the key? What has been the key to the longevity of the congregation there in Independence? I
1: I, I really think part of the longevity is they've been able to tap in to the community, whether it's the community or at large, or honestly, for the vast majority of the history, um, there were still issues of segregation, so we're mostly talking about the Black community, Um, whether it was hosting pageants where people could highlight their artistic ability, where people could study um at the other oldest black church, historically black church in independence and independence is Second Baptist. And it's not too far from where St. Paul is, is really I'm sorry, I'm looking at the picture, so I'm I'm trying That's to think, okay. blocks up that way. <laughs> um, but between the two of those churches, they really were the heart of the community and even most of the historically black churches that now exist some kind of way branched off from somebody at one of those two churches so okay. i think that's part of it but i also think there have been lay leaders and clergy leaders at saint paul who have been
0: okay
1: tapped in with all kinds of different mm-hmm. uh, and this is something honestly i found out after i became a pastor at saint paul um, in 1966 saint paul had a female clergy person now on staff at the church
0: um, really
1: that's highly unusual she wasn't yes. a pastor but in 1966 she was female clergy who wore a collar, which obviously said to everybody that she was clergy. She was fully integrated into the ministry of the church. She taught the Sunday school, but she was also the house mother at a girl's home, which ties in that whole social justice. piece.
0: There we go. Yeah.
1: The other piece for me is later on in life when, I was coming into the ministry uh, as a young clergy person. St. Paul was one of the few churches within the city, if you will, within the metropolitan area that had a female pastor. Um, their first female pastor was the Reverend E. Teresa Nelson, who is now a presiding elder, you know, the next level up. Yes. Um, mm-hmm in our denomination. We have pastors, we have presiding elders, and then we have bishops. She's now a presiding elder um, in the Colorado area. Um, but she was one of the first, um, well, no, she was the first female pastor. Um, after that, there have been three others, including myself. So that's, so it is now a church that's you know, used to female clergy um that that makes a difference that's not particularly typical Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. i've i've been pastoring off and on since um 1997 there aren't a whole lot of churches in the metropolitan area that can say they've had four female pastors
0: that's true Um, that's true this
1: this church is one of them Um, And the various pastors did different things. I know Reverend Nelson also worked with the school system. Uh, There was a pastor earlier on closer to the 60s who worked in the school system, but was famous as a choir director in the area. So so when I say they were able to tap into other things going on in the community, I, I think that's the longevity. Um, and that's just the pastors. Like I said, there, there have been lay people. I, I keep talking about community of concerned citizens because we talk about racial justice um, and, and inequities with treatment with the police. Well, community of concerned citizens help lead to the establishment of the baseline of how the police are supposed to treat people of color in the city of of Independence. And it was founded by two members of my church. Uh, It currently has several members of my church who are members of the organization. So um, and 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 that organization is still on point having conversations with with the police department now uh, about stuff going on um, at uh, my brain just froze. Independence Center, <clears throat> which is the mall uh, in Independence and, and mm-hmm. issues since the pandemic with kids hanging out at the mall and how they handle that and how they work mm-hmm. through that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I I got a member, I got another member who, who does small stuff, who will be handed out food and, and masks to folk uh, even during the pandemic. So. And I, I got another member who, who's famous for showing up and helping folks um, if stuff's going wrong in their house, even if it's like plumbing. Um, that's kind of the legacy of our church. And I think that's why it's still around um, and it's still here.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. And it, it to me, it's also the, the mission of the church. Uh, so to to the extent where you all have uh, I commend you for the community and we call it community outreach I think that's something Mm -hmm. a term that most people can can understand but community community outreach can only happen if the church members reach out to the community right Mm -hmm. and yes I, I didn't know that the community uh of concerned citizens was founded by some of your members there i didn't know that mm-hmm. and i've heard that term before and it's very vital it's a very vital organization because uh you know as you know yeah there's people there's um they're going on trial for the you know the things that have happened in minneapolis the, the police mm-hmm. conduct there uh People are going on trial there, and and yes, there's there are issues and concerns with what we deal with here locally. But one thing that I had mentioned before too, even for you know, what happened last year and all of the the um, they call it civil unrest, right? Okay, so yeah, we were dealing with them as Americans watching and and dealing with civil unrest, but you know in that. There still needs to be something, some, some spoken, some group, some community, people still have to talk about what's going on so that it stays in the forefront of the thought process and we have a voice. So mm-hmm. if, if you don't stay up on what's going on, then you don't have a voice in legislation in training, which is. Big on what we do, ASBNC training and consulting. You know, if if you don't stay up on on uh, and have a voice, then you tend to fall through the cracks, and people forget what's going on. Right, so it continues. But I think even though there's the longevity of the church itself, of course, Emancipation uh, Proclamation signed uh, in 1866. Still, in 2019, there is there because there have been systems put in place to identify and oppress, and you know, just legislation, people, you know, the the media, all of that has played a role in oppressing. And for that reason, we still have to make sure that look, regardless to what's going on, we have a voice. African-Americans have a voice to say, look, this is the way that let's monitor what's going on. I don't believe in defunding the, the police. I, I don't think that that's a smart thing. I, I don't think it's a wise thing. But I do think that community organizations like your like the part that, you know, that your members uh, devised, developed and now participate in are they're vital. They're vital to uh, communities all communities so I definitely commend that and the longevity of the church uh, what I do here is that that's what you guys are doing you guys have been doing this since the beginning since its conception and you continue to to uh, reach out and and make sure that these these very important concerns are addressed and be a part of that as well now you, you mentioned that there are founding family members still there, fu- founding family members.
1: Uh, we, we, have descendants
0: of founding, yes.
1: we have descendants of founding members that are still in our church. Um, there, are, there are actually two of the, I'm trying to get my words right just in case they catch this. Two of our most seasoned members of the church are are both descended from the young, from the youngs who were one of the founding families. Um, They're actually cousins because one's descended from the youngs on one side and one's descended from the youngs on the other side. Um, I have another um, member of the church who's also connected to them as as, as a cousin, that's that's the other thing. Um, a lot of the members of my church are somehow connected to each other, family wise. <laughs> um, and if if they don't go all the way back to a founding member, they may go back to a member from the thirties, uh, from from the nineteen thirties or something like that. Um, Another thing I discovered once I became the pastor is they're also related to some folks who i pastored at other churches. <laughs> Did you know that before? Um, so folk in independence are, are related to folks all over the metropolitan area. Um, so, so That that was news to see the connection. Um, but thank mm-hmm. you for mentioning that because until you mentioned it, I, I didn't think about that. There aren't a whole lot of churches who can mm-hmm. say, that having been around for more than 150 years you you currently have members of your church who are somehow connected to founding members of the church Um, descendants of
0: the founding members of the church that that, is huge that's that's huge huge.
1: And, and i would also say you know you gave me the chance to do it. I'm going to tout my members on. I have some very creative people who are members of, of my church. They've done portrayals of some of those founding members. They, they've they done it within the church, but they've done it within the school system um, and at libraries. Um, I have at least two members who have written um, books on the history of independence, whether it's on the church, one wrote one on the church and another one wrote about growing up in the neck in independence which is the old black neighborhood um in in independence and so you know i i just got some creative folk i i got a member who who's been writing in place since she was a kid um so it's it, it's kind of cool to be their pastor i actually um, because God's gifted them in some really awesome ways
0: so. yes and you know it's good to know that so uh you know we definitely want want to uh, invite you to come back and everything too and yeah we get a chance to maybe share get a chance to talk with some of the uh, the whoever wants to join to talk about what they're doing what what well, you guys are just doing big things down there over there at the St Paul AME uh ame church and in independence so for sure we definitely would like for to be able to talk more you know about the the portrayals and the history you know that mm-hmm. that's that's just great it's great it's exciting to hear 100 over over 150 years of of being uh in the ministry being in that vicinity and ministering to that community uh that's something that i think a lot of churches should take take notice of i think that people in churches church organizations do try to uh, be that voice and be that help you know a lot of churches they they get it you know okay we we want to help the communities we want to be a voice uh but how about hanging in there and and retaining retaining members and encouraging members now i'm not surprised to hear that the members there may be related to each other. Maybe that's the gas, the go get them gas that mm-hmm. that, that they have They're They're related to each other. And for the go getters back in the day, the business owners and the founding members and everything, business owners, you, know, you have to wake up pretty early in the morning to get things going. And, and being one myself, I know how that works, but then too, the creativity that comes and the desire and the drive that comes. So for the people to be descendants and related to to each other in some form or fashion, that's pretty exciting too. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised in that. Of course, having a pastor that uh, encourages that and embraces that and, you know, toots the horn, you know, to say, hey, we have people over here. We're we have uh, parishioners that are doing big things over here now i i'd like for you to share how did you become how did you get called to, to be a pastor what did you do what tell tell us uh tell us your journey that, that's a very interesting story i
1: am the daughter of a pastor who was elevated to the level of presiding elder who actually um he was, my father was my first presiding elder so that's Kind of a little weird. Um, I my two brothers are clergy um, and they have both pastored churches. Um, I actually, though, answered my call the latest in life of my siblings. I I had three brothers, Um, two are still living, but all three of my brothers answered their call to preach when they were teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, Two were 16, and I think one was 14. Mm -hmm. I answered my call to preach when I was 20 years old. I was majoring in international relations in French. I was overseas in France. I was sitting in the park, and I heard this song in English. So in France, everybody's speaking French. I'm hearing this song in my head saying, I'm calling you over and over again and I'm looking around in the park um, uh, trying to figure out what's going on. I get back home. I have a conversation with my father about, So what is the call like? I have a conversation with each of my brothers. So what is the call like? And I'm like, okay, I kind of sort of think God is calling me to preach. I ain't down with this pastoring thing though, but I I think God is calling me to preach. Um, And after a year of struggling and then going through the process, I enrolled in seminary, went away the seminary um, in Boston. I went to Boston uh, University School of Theology uh, for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I, at the time, the Dean of Students was an AME preacher who was a friend of an AME preacher that I knew. Um, Mm -hmm. Here in Kansas City and recommended the school to me. But then I also found out that that's where Dr. King got his doctorate from. And I was like, oh, well, all righty then. All righty then. This might be the spot for me. Right. Um, I went away to seminary, was there for three years, actually met my husband there. Um, We moved back here. I got ordained um, fully. I got my elders' orders in 1997, and I got assigned my first church that year. Um, and I've been going pretty much ever since. I took off for um, from pastoring for two and a half years, and I went back to school and got my second master's degree um, in marriage and family therapy. So I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: I'm not practicing right now, but when we lived in Topeka, I practiced in Topeka. Um, I helped develop a parenting program that uh, I ran with a member of St. John AME Church in Topeka at the rescue mission in Topeka.
0: Um, wonderful.
1: So, you know, it's the that that's kind of kind of my journey. Uh it, some folks, I guess, would kind of call me a legacy because my father was was a pastor an A.M.E. pastor. Um, actually, my mother's father was an A.M.E. pastor.
0: Okay, um, see, so I'm it's, I'm getting yeah. this it, the calling kind uh, of thing, and and you uh, know how legacy in, in families, you know the the heritage gets passed on. So that's just it, it, a big it really plus.
1: Because on my father's side of the family we have all kinds of clergy all my cousins mm-hmm. are clergy now now mm-hmm. they're baptist pretty much every flavor of baptist
0: okay um,
1: the younger generation we we've got kojic we got church of god in christ we mm-hmm. i i say my family's got pretty much every flavor of christianity there is. i i i think we might even have some have some catholics i don't know if we have any nuns or priests but i wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised just just because uh how deep it tends to go in my family having Mm -hmm. gone through the history on both sides um, god's had God's hand on
0: our family for a while that's wonderful that is wonderful now i'm going to go out to the website here we're going to take a look and uh, for those that want to um, you know just get some more information i love websites i think they're just that's what's up. So if you're doing anything, a, a nonprofit, uh, a, uh, a nonprofit organization, any type of business, get a website and and make sure that people are aware of where that website is. This one is the Saint Paul A.M.E. C. Independence, Mo. dot dot Okay. And, you know, here, uh, you can take a look at, at the historic St. Paul AME churches here and the address. It's in uh, Independence, 200 East Lexington, um, Independence, Missouri, 64050. And the phone number is 816-252-2557. Now, are, you all are still holding uh, services at this time? Or are you having um, to get not,
1: not in-person services? We're, okay. We're, we're still doing it virtually, um, uh, hoping and, and, and prayerfully that we'll be able to get, um, back to in-person services. soon. one more shout out for my church. Um, we, we still have class leaders in the AME church and my class leaders have been on point. They they've been contacting members and giving them information, how they can get access to the COVID-19 shot. Uh, And those who are in tiers where they're eligible, I think we're at the point where we've got like 50, maybe 50 to 60% of the congregation has gotten at least one shot. Um, So that's, I, I, I praise God. And I praise God for the ingenuity of, of our lay leaders in our church who took the time to reach out to people.
0: That's what it's about, reaching out. Uh, I, I, We uh, are also uh, affiliated and work with the uh, Labors for His Harvest Ministries. And one of the, the main focus foundation of what we do is we develop uh, disciples and to go out. And I think that with that, that is, has been the, the heart of, of where, what we do when we come alongside ministries, other ministries to help with their outreach ministries or, uh, whatever going out and, and witnessing or any, any type of community event that, that ministry needs help with, or would like some, even some training in, we do that. So when I hear that, A church says, "Okay, we're going to come in and we're going to make sure that the parishioners, the people are aware of what's going on and we're going to contact people. You know that I I don't know. That's that's not the norm. You know, I think that what people do mostly they'll uh, different churches, they'll go ahead and they'll post something on Facebook. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, They'll send you an email and you have to make sure you're on the email list. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to call somebody, pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, this is what's going on. How are you? Do you need uh, assistance in anything where we know where where the COVID shot is going and and where you can go and, and get some help with that if you need it? that to me is really where you get a chance to help help and you're, you're effective you're effective uh, to hear a voice to on the other line of, of a phone i know that sounds kind of old old fashioned to some but even with uh, when in business you know I'll, I'll pick up the phone and and talk with people if i can now i'm not a cold caller i don't like hounding people but I will get on the phone and, and reach out. And I think that, that that is something that is kind of missing when it comes mm-hmm. to the different churches and different ministries. So kudos to your team, to your church parishioners that make sure they'll pick up the phone and and talk to each other and call and reach out. And What I'm hearing is that there's um, also within... The church nonprofit organization, they have their people that are over groups and those what leaders they reach out Mm -hmm. to, to the different uh, members in the group. And that makes it personal that that makes it I think that's very effective as well. Um, I can't remember the last time I've received a call from any (laughs) church other than my pastor friends, right? Mm-hmm. But being a member somewhere, uh, if it wasn't, and uh, you know, there's this one pastor that he he's really on point. He but he does the calling, and that's cool, and we appreciate that. But I think too that the members need to be involved as well. So uh,
1: especially in a post-COVID world mm-hmm. where you have people who are isolated. I mean, we we have um, some members. Who are in a nursing home and they in mm. the most isolated of anybody i mean that nursing mm-hmm. home to try and keep infections down locked basically locked the nursing home
0: wow I mean,
1: yeah is and so without being able to call you know mm-hmm. you lose the connection it's but you're right, the emails are good, texting is good, e- even Facebook messages is good, but every now and again, you need to hear somebody's voice.
0: You need um, to hear somebody's voice, churches. Uh, I will say that, That to me, that is one of the most important things to do, to reach out to the people. Uh, here, uh, about St. Paul, I see that there's a link there, and it talks about the vi- mission, the vision, the goals. So you can definitely go out there and take a look at that. Uh, now, the um, as far as the history is that something that's detailed on the website too.
1: Um, the history is a little bit detailed on the on the website, but but not as heavily. Um, and honestly, part of that is 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 because. Uh, Unless you're at a certain generational point, seeing a lot of history about an organization can turn off some some generations by just seeing it out there. Uh, Knowing that it exists and that it's been around for a while and doing bite-sized pieces of information uh, will get people interested. But one of the things that i found Honestly, and it started with my own generation. I'm a Generation X. And I'll be the first to tell you, I love history, but I don't want to read it on a website because it takes up too much space. Okay. I, I, I want to know what you're doing. <laughs> I want sure. to know what you're involved in. I I don't want to see a whole bunch of pages about your history because that makes me think that everything that you're about is in the past. Okay. If you can give me science... Sound bites about your history, and also give me sound bites of what you're doing today. That says there's continuity and there's longevity. Um,
0: and yes. That there's that. Relevant. What What are we doing today? What's relevant? I think that's probably where the Facebook platform has kind of been um, been a one up on that. It's uh, mm-hmm. timely. It's what's happening today. It's what's happening in the moment. But yeah, super super suggestion there to to know that if your if your website is out there, don't clog it up with a bunch of history. Give the bite sized pieces of it of what's going on with your organization and and uh, make it make it intriguing. To maybe they'll they'll uh, look you up more, right? So maybe yeah,
1: it. And I would add especially because in this day and age, websites are what the telephone book used to be. Okay. People go to the web to find out if you exist, if mm-hmm. there's anything relevant. So if you never update your website, yeah. if if your website has information that's five years old and it's obvious that that's the case, like if your website says the pastor is one person and the and a person is intrigued enough to call and they listen to the voicemail and it's a totally different person according to the voicemail. Yeah. You probably not going to get that person to come back. I'm going to be honest. If it's not a church, if it's a business, and I Mm -hmm. Google the business, and I see all this information about the business on the website, and I contact them, and everything is different from what was on the website, I'm not doing business with them.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why I say websites function more like, for those of us who are older and who use telephone books, they function like telephone books mm-hmm. that are amped up because you can see more than a name and a number.
0: Right. Right. Super cool. Super, super suggestion there, you know, uh, for sure. Now, your, um, your, we talked about the website. We talked about that you guys are, st- are online. So they can, if they want to participate on some of the online, are you on uh, doing any live streams? How can they participate in your online services?
1: We 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 live stream um, the sermon and the end of the service onto our Facebook page. Okay. Also, the historic St. Paul AME Church on Facebook. Um, also, some some other things we we put on Facebook. We do a weekly prayer. Um, that'll be on Facebook. We do some Bible trivia questions, so we do so we do some things like that. Um, the whole entire service uh, we we do by conference call. That's also how we do our Bible study. Um, the information about the phone number and everything is on the website for that. Um, so so those are some ways that that people can participate.
0: Okay, uh, so it's the uh, Historic AME Church in Independence on Facebook?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, I see it. And I'm just going to drop a link in here to where, um, I'm going to drop a link in our in our chat window there. So it's the uh, Facebook historic St. Paul independence. Yep, that's, uh, that's it there. So yeah, for sure. And you know, if you want to participate and get some information about uh, what's going on. So that Facebook page is super. That's good to know. Good evening. Uh, Reza Singleton has joined us and good evening to you Reza uh good to have you on now we've talked about the history the reason why the longevity of the church uh the importance of community outreach for churches church organizations that that's one of the reasons why the longevity uh the desire for the people in the church to want to reach out and participate uh and everything and and then you know your journey with the church your journey with the church has been uh commendable i tell you you know being one a woman in the church and everything that history you now you don't have too many uh women pastors that are that are uh, within an organization that will allow for it which you know there's still a lot of work guys i you know I, i'm not into the okay well you know, this denomination allows pastors or women preachers and this one doesn't, you know, I'm just going to do my job (laughs) and that's whatever, whatever (laughs) the Lord calls me to do. And I'm going to do the best that I can at it, whether, whether you like it or not. Uh, I, I see me in the Bible, right? I see my job in the Bible and I'm okay with it. And I think that that's what people should do, whatever their job is. And they can see where they've been called to do a work and that, doing something you know for the lord and doing your best for mm-hmm. the lord i think is what's important too what else what's going on uh what's going on what can you see as far as the efforts uh of what are you what are you hearing about as far as what what's the the One of the things that they're really focusing on maybe the lay members that those uh those that are in the church your church members that participate in the uh the the community uh of concerned citizens organization and what what what's going on what are they really what what are people really focusing on as far as church and social injustice or social justice or what do you think what what are you hearing in, um, in your communities? It,
1: it, honestly, it, it depends on, on who we're talking to. Um, for, for some people, it's, it's going to be the the issues with um, um, the justice system and how the justice system still is, is lopsided. Um, I have other members who uh, a major issue is health care. Mm. Um, uh, real tough having to choose between paying for medication or paying for groceries. Um, for mm-hmm. for for some of my congregation, that that's the social justice issue. Mm-hmm. Um, for me right now, I'm gonna be honest, my, my new soapbox social justice issue is quality, internet, and utility access. After all of that time a few weeks ago where there were power outages all over the place, the real deal is historically black communities and quote unquote lower economic places, they lost their power earlier and it lasted longer. And -hmm. they were losing their power intermittently before. Um, there are issues all over Kansas and Missouri, both in the city and in rural areas where folks still have dial-up and that's the only internet access they can get. Mm-hmm. I agree. How are folks working, how are folks working from home? Mm-hmm. How, are, how are kids getting access to school? I mean, it's really sad when a company has to buy a van and outfit it with wi-fi so kids in the neighborhood can do their schoolwork Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: that's ridiculous
0: yeah yeah i agree and uh with all of the internet hype that went on a few years ago with the uh high speed internet and fiber internet and all of this, I'm not going to name any company names. Everybody knows who they are and what, what uh, company names that were offering those types of services. You would think that there would be a better internet uh, service, but I believe you're, you're on point there because I, I know I've spoken with several and I know one of the things when we do an analysis is to determine what type of internet you have access to and, a lot of times the companies already have a monopoly in that area. And if you don't have uh, an account, that's a good account or whatever with that company that's providing service in that area, then you're not really going to get good internet service. The hotspot is something else that, um, that they push, but it costs more. Mm -hmm. It costs more to, to have that type of, better internet service, and and yes, with the COVID and other, you know, remote requirements, you know, for that, I, I do see, and I have seen, uh, we've done some volunteer work with the uh, organization, with the LFF, LFHHM organization, where we've worked and supported that organization to actually send tutor volunteers out to do some tutoring with the, cl- with the children that are homebound or organization bound or whatever to where they can't get to school and and parents can't work so that has been a real big mess and and with that that's kind of what I'm tying in the where you're speaking of the internet access how do children how do people work from home how do children get their school work done without good quality internet access well they give them hot spots and I think I got rid of well mine is probably put away because you know right now even with with technology your mobile phone is probably going to be faster <laughs> than a lot of the a mm-hmm. lot of the internet options that are in the different lower income communities and i think they kind of do that on purpose i don't know why um you know if there's one thing about it it is about economics if you don't have uh, a market for that type of service you're going to provide the better quality service for the market that's going to pay so i see that which yes in these days and times that you do have to address well okay well what what's so big about your internet there to where you've been government you've been funded by the government to build these different um networks you you didn't come out your own pocket to build these networks you were given grants by the government to build these different networks including the 5g okay but yet you can't provide quality internet access to communities that whether it's the the prime market or not uh, so that they have access to where it's not costing them an arm and a leg or they don't have to try to use their mobile phone to see things and and work with things uh work with their internet access i agree and it that's a big huge conversation that can go on and on i'm curious to see what this 5g is going to do everyone has it um what they're saying that it is but you know we probably need to do a broadcast on that as well what 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 is 5g and what are the safety precautions of 5G and where are the towers for 5G? I'm curious to know. Yeah, so I agree. That's, uh, that's big. And, and again, that's a voice to say, hey, this is what's going on and, and we need to, to talk about it some more. And that's kind of what we do here on obstruction to justice. We want to talk about some things that other people aren't talking about. We want to talk about some things that, uh, within the communities all kinds of communities and not to uh, not to just talk about one type of community but all kinds of communities but not to uh, forget the important communities that we're all important <laughs> and we all deserve just as much as the other communities you know I agree I agree Pastor anything else you want to share anything else you want to mention while we're here
1: um, just that Um, although when I answered my call, I couldn't see myself pastoring, um, God had other plans. When I answered my call, I also couldn't see myself married to, to a preacher, let alone another pastor. Um, and I am, my husband is also a pastor We pastor separate churches in separate communities and we've got two kids. So, you know, um. Juggling all of that um, can be a challenge, but it's also a joy. Um, and and I'm grateful to to God, uh, to my husband, to my daughters, that they allow me to do what I do. And we give space for each other to do what they do as well. Uh,
0: I think one, that's important. One other
1: thing, my own yeah. kid is this awesome musician. I got to, you know, do a shout out to my kids. Um, and my youngest kid is this budding budding art, artist. So, so I love my girls. They they are awesome. So, uh, that would be the only thing I would add.
0: <laughs> budding artists. Uh, what type of genre do they sing? Does your a musician or does does your child play? It...
1: My my oldest. My oldest instrument, she plays piano, oboe, flute, and she taught herself how to play guitar. Um, She also sings. She's also an awesome artist. Um, She she likes to draw. Um, She wants to do digital um, animation um, as her career. Her younger sister can draw, but she's a better painter. So she likes that. And she also likes music. That's another thing that runs in our family. My, my oldest brother played five instruments. I think my husband's father plays played four. So, you know, skip me and my husband. But which <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <to> our kids. <laughs> me, too.
0: me too. Me too. I'm he, like, okay, well. But you know, I was listening for maybe one instrument and, and here she's playing five instruments. Now do that do they do anything in the church? Is there something that they've decided to do? Do they play the instruments or sing in the church?
1: Um my my oldest daughter especially when we were in person, she was actually starting to play for the little kids for their choir. Um, okay uh, on the piano she was teaching them different songs and and, and things like that. Um, she also on on youth Sunday um, they kind of the kids do the service so they'll either sing or sometimes she'll she'll play an instrument the oldest one will do. Um, the youngest one still likes to do prayers and and stuff like that so. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're involved. We go. Uh,
0: that's That's very, very important. Very important. Very good. Very good. Uh, it's good to hear. Uh, pastor Rachel, I tell you, you've got, you've got a lot going on. You've been hmm. through a lot as far as just continuing to, to do God's work and your ministry, the ministry that you pastor over You know, I commend that a hundred over 1866. That's a long time, a long Mm -hmm. time. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you so much. And we're going to invite you back and we're going to bring, bring, bring folks. Let's talk about what's going on. I'm very, very interested and I'm sure others are too. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me
0: thank you and thank you for joining us as well uh just uh know that look you know one thing that we're that we I believe really mentioned and talked about is getting out into your communities to make a difference you know we can hang out yes I understand the COVID and all that and I think that that's by design in some situations I'm not going to go into that right now but uh, just know that when you get out and and do what you're called to do and or work and do your business, do do it with everything you have. Do it with everything you have, and um, hang in there. And thanks for joining. And uh, we will we'll we'll see you next time.
1: Adjustice. 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 Justice.
0: Justice now.